Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. I've been talking this week about the attempt of Muslims trying to suppress the free speech of non-Muslims. Now this, folks, is a big issue. Regardless if it's Islam, some kind of religious entity, or if it's some kind of political entity like communism, fascism, socialism, you name it, whatever ism you put to it there, if there's an attempt to try to pressure you from your freedoms to speak and you submit to it, you're in big trouble and your country will lose the values of their free speech, their freedoms, and will regret it wholly. We have to protect these things from whoever it is out there that wishes to take it away from us. If you're a Christian and you want to continue to enjoy your Christian faith and the freedom to share your Christian values and views with others, if you're going to have that kind of a freedom in your state, in society, you also grant to them to have their freedoms to speak about their views, and therefore we have debate. We may not always agree with each other. In fact, sometimes we might take offense with things that others may say. But that comes with the freedom of speech. And so if I grant my government power to say certain religious groups, you cannot say these things or you cannot practice these things in this nation, but we're going to allow my religion to be practiced and my viewpoints and my speech to be heard, then who's to say somewhere down the road that the government might change and then come after my religion, my freedom of speech? And so therefore, we must grant it for all, even for Muslims, even for Muslims to come into our country and to practice their religion. But understand this, even though they can practice their religion, and even if their religion says that there's some things that we don't allow you to say, that's not going to be practiced here. They cannot prevent others from their free speech as well. You see, for us as Christians... We know that God will settle the truth in the judgment. We know that those who follow a false religion and a false faith, a false code, we grant these people their opportunities, their right to believe those things. But we try to persuade them. We try to bring them to the scripture and we pray for them that their eyes may be enlightened and that truth might come to them and that we might share the gospel with them. But if they choose to reject it in the eternity, they will stand judged by God for their decisions. But in Islam, Islam feels that the Muslim feels they are responsible for carrying out Allah's judgment. So there's a problem that we have with this ideology. And even though it has its rights and their freedoms to come here, there's limits to what it can do. Satanism is practiced here in this country, but they cannot perform human sacrifices, even though their religion allows, but our laws prevent it. There are certain things that are going to be limited within their religion. So the suppression of the free speech of another 
is going to be limited for a Muslim. And if they don't like that, then they also need to recognize, hey, you're in a non-Muslim country. You're in a country that is largely Christian, even though we don't act like it. And even though our morals are not uh, following our Christian values in this nation, we still adopt the freedom of speech and the freedom of choice. I'm glad God didn't make me a robot, aren't you? I'm glad he gave me free will to choose. But in that comes also the chance that the possibility that I might make the wrong choices and might follow the wrong teachings and the wrong faith. But I'm thankful God has given us a guide, and that's the Word of God, to follow it. Now today, I want to get more into this, the suppression of free speech. And this is something that the Muslims have been trying to get the nations of the world to adopt, to make it a criminal offense to defame the religion of Islam. And we have a resolution that's been passed in the United Nations for over 20 years. It keeps coming up every year, and they re-vote on it to confirm this resolution. It's called Resolution 1618, if you're not familiar with it. Do some research. It was brought to the United Nations by the OIC, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. It's a 56-member state. It is the largest voting bloc in the United Nations. This is why Israel is constantly being badgered and treated poorly in the United Nations because of the OIC, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. 56 members. There's a 57th if you count Palestine. Palestine's not officially a state or a government, but they're given a provisional status, and therefore they vote provisionally. And so we sometimes say 57-state member of the OIC. Well, they brought this to the United Nations called the defamation of religions. And primarily the religion that they're concerned about is their religion, the religion of Islam. And they represent the 1.8 billion Muslims that are in the world. And basically, Resolution 1618 makes it an offense, a crime, to defame the religion of Islam. Now, it's okay for Muslims to defame other religions, you know, they, they don't have a problem with that. But they do have a problem if people come out and say things against their religion. Now, just because the United Nations has passed a resolution, that does not make it law for every other country in the world to follow by. But what it does, it creates an international standard. And each time that they vote on this and that they come out and say, we as an international community uh, uh, hold to these values. And one of the values that we have is that it is a crime to defame another's religion. Now, first, when the Muslims were bringing this together, they named Islam. It's, it wanted to be a crime against Islam. Well, of course, that wasn't being adopted. So they tweaked the language to say the defamation of religions, and it was getting passed, and it's still been passed every time. Now, every time it comes up to, to our vote, the, the United States votes against it, but still because there's a great number of Islamic countries in the world, there's enough votes to carry it and pass the resolution. However, in 2010, the United States voted for the first time to, a, to approve 
to say we agree with that and they voted for it. Now, as far as I understand, they only did that one year. Who was our Secretary of State at the time? Hillary Clinton. And there's a long thing I could get into how she started meeting with the OIC leaders. They had a meeting over, um, I'm sorry, I, I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm going off my memory here. It's in my book, Refuting Islam. Uh, all of this is well documented. But uh, they had three meetings. Uh, one meeting was um, in, in England. Another meeting was here in the United States. She, she was trying to tweak the language a little more so that the United States would actually begin adopting this, this standard into American law so that um, our courts would protect Muslim rights if, they are being, if their religion is being defamed. Now, let me say something very clearly, and we need to be very careful with this, and I'm going to have to go back with some of you in our listening audience because you're new to our program, and I've not covered this in a long time, some of the do's and don'ts when dealing with Islam. And let's be clear, we're not attacking the Muslim. We're not attacking at all a Muslim, uh, any individual Muslim that's alive today. We are challenging the teachings of a religion that was brought to us by a man, Muhammad, who claimed to be a prophet, a prophet of God. And if he's truly a prophet of God and speaks for God, then we need to hear what he said. And if we find him to be a false prophet, we need to call him out for what he is and call his religion false if, he, if the prophet is proven to be false. And that's the conclusion that we get very, very clearly that Muhammad is a false prophet and therefore, the Quran is a false testament, and the religion of Islam is a false religion, and those who follow it are not going to find their way into heaven. Instead, they've been deceived by the great deceiver, the devil, and will find themselves in an eternity of, of fire in a place called hell, and we want to prevent people from going there. And how do we do it? We speak the truth to them with love. So we don't hate the Muslim. In fact, we love the Muslim enough to warn them and tell them that they have been caught up in a false teaching and they need to know the truth. Now, of course, they've got their right to disagree, of, of course, and, uh, but, but we don't fight each other. We don't beat each other up because we disagree. We just simply try to plead with them with the truth. If they reject it, they'll face God for that. Now, naturally, we want them to prevent that. But here's what's happening with the defamation of religion. European governments have been um, uh, using this precedent and starting to prosecute, and I call it persecute, Christian writers or Jewish writers or uh, uh, people who speak out against the false teachings of Islam. And in doing so, they are being criminally charged and taken into court, and I call this lawfare, warfare through the courts. And we've seen plenty of examples. Gert Wilders, who is the head of a political party in the Netherlands, published a video called Fitna. All he did in his video called Fitna is quote passages out of the Quran which exposed Islam for its uh, atrocities and their uh, violent teachings, and his own government sued him 
and went after him for hate hate speech and classified him as an undesirable and uh, and he had a great fight on his hands. Elizabeth Savage Wolf, a friend of mine, an, Aus- an Austrian, who was sued for the defamation of Islam because she spoke in a meeting and referred to an incident where Muhammad committed the act of pedophilia, had sex with a child, a nine-year-old child, and uh, and and described that situation, which is well taught in the Islamic teachings and was found guilty for a crime of defamating the religion of Islam. And I could go on and on. We had uh, situations I was, I was talking about recently and what's got me into these uh, things here today is the, uh, the Danish cartoons. We had Ezra Levant up in Canada and published the the cartoons and began speaking about these things there, and he was prosecuted. And fortunately, he won, uh, or rather, got a, uh, um, a you know nothing really happened in that, but it cost him over a hundred thousand dollars to defend himself. And he's been persecuted on many fronts there because of his stand of speaking out and exposing Islam. And so, folks, we have to fight for the protection of our speech against Islam if we don't we will lose our faith and our freedom. And that's going to have to be it for today. Let me quickly remind you, we're still in our fundraising campaign. We have not reached our goal. Would you consider helping us today with the donation? The number to call is 800-616-0082. Again, that's 1-800-616-0082. Or you can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com. That's Fortress of Faith. Thank you. We'll be back with you again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage.